This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 366, recorded on August 16th, 2018. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their own news reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy.tv studios here in a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. We're in that in-between time, kind of fall is kind of wanting to be here, but it's, uh, Kevin, I don't know about you, you're up in, you're up north of me, it's thunderstorm season again, seems like we have them rolling through every couple of days. You guys getting much of it? Uh, we are not. We're actually really dry right now, so uh, it's been. Uh, we we at least got some, rid of some of the heavy humidity, so it's actually oh. been kind of nice with uh, mid eighties, low lower humidity. But we could sure use some rain. So uh, yeah, well, it's coming. We've got some. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe it's not coming your way. We're a little farther south than you, but we've had a. Lot. It's been green all summer. Really green here in Omaha. Uh, so it's been kind of nice. I don't know about you. I'm ready for the bugs to die and winter to be here. So. <laughs> Of course, we post a show with world-class show notes each week out at TheAverageGuy.tv. You know, we have all, they're actually already written. So any link we mention, anything that's out there, head over to the show notes. It'll be at TheAverageGuy.tv slash forward slash HGG366. Don't forget, uh, rate and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts if that's the way you do it. If you're on YouTube and you're watching, you can subscribe out there. Great way to get it done. Don't forget our mobile app is available, still sponsored by LastPass for the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then actually our Patreon subscribers will be the new sponsors for the for the app. We'll make some changes change over there in the app. Oh, or if you're listening and you want to you want to get a year worth of whatever you want to promote at the TV, there might be a spot open for you. Uh, LastPass is not going to renew in August here at the end of the month. And if you'd like to take that spot them for them for a year, you can you can contact me, Jim at the Average Guy uh, TV. And then don't forget to stay around for a little bit of crypto. Here at the very end, we'll have some, uh, it won't be as long. Uh, Kevin hasn't done as much crypto as everybody else, but we'll have a crypto conversation here at the very end. Well, Kevin, I alluded to you, but you are a friend of the show. You've been on a bunch of times. Welcome back to Home Gadget Geek. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's always uh, great to be on. How's, uh, how are things with you? Uh, we, we um, You've changed jobs and done some other things. Is that uh, from a personal life standpoint, everything good for you? Uh, getting, getting better all the time. This, this year I decided, uh, the, uh, from a health point of view, we all need to take better care of ourselves. So I, I had my right knee replaced, uh, April 2nd and I had my left knee replaced June 12th. And, uh, if anybody is in that mode of, uh, needing knee replacement, just go ahead and do it. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a pain. Um, yeah. your, your muscles Literally. have to relearn, uh, what to do. So, uh, and, uh, from a job point of view, the, the, uh, interviews are happening. So the job market's looking up right now. Uh, I've got a couple of things, uh, cooking. So Good. hopefully things, uh, turn around there pretty quick as well. Well, I want to say thanks. You're a big contributor. Uh, Mike and I have shifted kind of the focus of the podcast into the Facebook group. We've actually also, the newsletter is going to become a kind of an important thing. Actually, you've inspired this, Kevin, with all the deals that you post in there all the time. And I know you also do that at the Home Server Show forums. So you're getting double duty, um, getting it done that way. But uh, you have been really instrumental in the years that you've been hanging around the community of just being the guy who finds the deals. And, uh, and I always appreciate that. In fact, one deal tonight we'll talk about here in just a second 
uh, that it, you just kind of just find great deals. How, how do you like, how do you stay on top of all of that? You got to have some kind of mechanism or some kind of system because you find the good ones. Uh, I, and I, I spend way too much time on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't we all? I, mean, that's a, I need to get, I need, I need to get out and hang out with people more often. Um, yeah, I've got my, I got kind of my usual suspects, people that, uh, you know, places I watch for, um, you know, just the, uh, the, the woot.coms, thrifter.coms, uh, deal of the day, uh, CNET cheapskate. I, I just have a bunch of them tagged and, uh, you can wander through them pretty quickly. Um, I've got a couple other things that I just do some searches on. Um, there's a couple of forums out there that have some good, uh, deal posting area. So a lot of times I, I find them there, but you know, it, it seems like, like, uh, especially with the SSDs as of late, I've been having so many people ask me, you know, can you help me up, uh, put a new SSD in my, uh, laptop and you know, what's the best deal. So that's, that's ones where I'm kind of out searching for them myself and, uh, finding them that way. Yeah. Well, you've inspired two SSD topics over the last couple of weeks here on the show. And, uh, we don't have one scheduled tonight, but it, it really, um, you, you caused me to kind of reset my, you know, when I think about SSD prices, kind of reset my expectations and, you know, 15 cents a gig is kind of that spot. Now mm -hmm. I hadn't thought of it in those terms of like, okay, what am I watching for? What's a good deal? What math am I going to do to kind of determine it's a good deal? You, you had uh, posted that a data one that we posted over to the average guy.tv. If you want to go over there and grab that out of the newsletter area, but uh, 13 cents a gig. And mm -hmm. so I think we're on the, we're probably on the downhill side of 15 cents. How long do you think before we start seeing some 10 and sub 10 cent, uh, you know, per gig prices come on SSDs? You know, I, I think um, I'm kind of thinking you're going to see some real hot deals at Black Friday as they try and clear out some of the older inventory. And the, the semiconductor fab guys are looking at, you know, moving, shrinking dyes. And I think that's slated to be uh, like early next year. So I'd say through the end of the year here. And I think listening to some of your previous podcasts, I think you guys kind of nailed it too, is um, – that 13, 15 cent a gig kind of price point is probably going to be one terabyte and up. Um, you know, they're not going to invest a ton in smaller ones. So it's kind of that I, I, when I'm helping people find deals, it's kind of that, do you want the best bang for the buck? You know, the, the best price per gigabyte, or is it, Hey, I got 50 bucks to spend on an SSD. What, what's the biggest SSD I can get for 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. And you know, those are the kind of trends we're, we're seeing hop in right now. And, and I think you nailed it is uh, in one of your uh, previous casts is you look at, you know, laptops go out the door with one terabyte spinner in them because that's what's popular. And that's generally plenty big for the average personal user and the average desktop out there probably has a two or three terabyte drive that comes out of it. So now all of a sudden, if you look that if you just paid regular price, you're probably about a hundred bucks for a two and a half inch, one terabyte drive, uh, maybe a two terabyte. And you're about the same for a one terabyte SSD. So we're, we're getting down to, we're not quite at price parity, but we're getting right down there. Yeah, it, it is one of those pieces, though, that if you think uh, you could go just about half price and just about 500 gig on a SSD. And so if you don't want if you don't need all this space, you still may find some pretty good deals. They're not going to be exponentially cheaper and mm -hmm. they're not going to be all that much more expensive. 
but you could go a 500 gig or 250 and be pretty reasonable. In in a lot of cases, uh, you know, those 250s are right around 40 bucks. Yep. And that's a right. That's a really nice price point for folks to get in on. For most people, 250 is all you really need. Uh, and so they could get in, get it done, get it installed. It would be enough for Windows or whatever that you're using. And a nice price point, you know, 40 bucks, Amazon, you get free shipping. Um, and you don't have to go the full, you know, the full gamut for that. So, Kevin, thanks for kind of bringing those deals into the, you know, into our group. Uh, again, a reminder, we're going to be posting those to the Facebook group. So facebook.com slash group slash the average guy. If you're not a Facebook guy, I've, I'm going to add this to the newsletter. And so maybe one or two times a week, I'll send out a note if we've got a particular deal that's going on. For the Amazon affiliate link, which is back for me, um, I can't, I shouldn't send those in emails. So I'm going to post them to the site, to the newsletter site, and then I'll send you an email that says, hey, come take a peek at this if you want to take advantage of it. So it's available. Today in the show notes, everything we mention is going to be posted in the show post. So if you go to HGG366, all the deals that we talk about, including all the proper links, are available out there, and you can head out there and get those as well. One quick thing before we get started. I know it sounded like we already got started, but we uh, I was Dave McCabe, had me on Reset. Dave and I haven't podcasted in... Well, since we did the big that we did the big burst show, I don't know, six months ago, maybe eight months ago. I don't, I can't remember what that was. Uh, but I was on Reset FM, or I was on Reset Forty Nine. So if you go to Reset dot com or dot FM, I'm messing that up all the way. You know, seven ways to Sunday there. Reset dot FM slash four nine gets you there, and uh, a fun, very long. Um, this is not, this is not an in and out podcast. We are on for about an hour and thirty hour and 40, but uh, fun to catch up with Dave. If you want to head over to reset, reset.fm and get that done. All right, Kevin, one of the things I do want to talk about a little bit in home automation, Dave and I talk on reset 49 about home automation's kind of gotten boring. And actually, I think we're seeing that in some of the prices you put a post and I'll throw this in the chat room as well. It'll be in the show notes, but um, you, th- uh, Amazon's got some deals, kind of some starter deals, right? Some $10 kind of a light bulb and a, and a plug. Do you, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. What, uh, what's on that link? It still works today. So I yep. threw it in the chat room. Talk a little bit about what they're giving away for 10 bucks. So the, the things they're focused on is TP-Link has a, a product line they call CASA, uh, K-A-S-A. And uh, they have uh, switches and outlets and some light bulb products. Um, they've got their HS-105 smart plug, uh, which is a nice one because it's very small. And uh, you could put two of them on an outlet. They don't, they don't block. A lot of those plugs, smart plugs are too big. They cover the uh, outlet above it. Uh, and then they've also got the uh, the Lifix uh, mini white smart bulbs. Um, so great deals on these things, 10 bucks each. And then they've got a whole list below there of 20% off, lots of other things. The, the, the subline message of this that I've been kind of looking at. So I've got uh, smart things hub and I've got lots of uh, uh, integration and I've got, um, you know, some automation going on and uh, Z-Wave uh, connectivity. And the thing that caught my eye about a lot of this stuff is it's Wi-Fi based and you don't need a hub. And, you know, I I tended to find, as you said, you know, home automation kind of got stagnated, I I think, because um, those of us who got into it really heavy, it doesn't always work. It breaks often. It's not 100% there. And I'd run into so many people who are just kind of like, yeah, I want to turn a few lights on and off, or I want to do, you know, some individual things. And the Wi-Fi idea behind these makes it really, you know, quite easy to get into it. Um, 
you know, if you go with a couple of different vendors, you're probably going to have uh, an app or for each vendor. Uh, so you know, one of the promises of a smart things or an Insteon or Wink or some of these was one app. You'd be able to put all your stuff in one app. Everybody I know who does Insteon or uh, smart things still uses the individual apps from a lot of the other stuff. So I, I just find uh, the, the TP link uh, stuff is affordable. It's Wi-Fi based. Um, you can do some automations with if this, then that, or some of the other automated functions. Uh, but the other one that I've looked at and I've started to see some deals on that's Wi-Fi based is uh, some of the D link products. And uh, they as well have some smart plugs, but they have the one sensor that, you know, if I was to tell people to get involved with or to do anything with home automation, um, D-Link has a water monitor, uh, a Wi-Fi based water sensor. So for your floor drain in the basement or your, you know, something under your water heater or your sink or whatever else, um, I've seen these down as low as... Um, uh, under 50 bucks, a couple of people have them for 45 bucks, but you know, no hub, you can jump into it. Uh, and, and those are some of the things you know, I look at for, from a, a safety point of view as an easy way to get into this, uh, this deal. Yeah. It's that, that plug that is as part of this link that's out there. This part of the deal that's going on on Amazon right now. Um, I actually bought, so $10, you get a, you get a code smart 10, I think is the the code that you use over at Amazon. Use the link on our site if you can, because that, that helps. Every little bit helps. And um, uh, because I bought years ago, I bought an old D-Link. Uh, in fact, it's a DSPW215, one of the original early, early plugs. And, you know, I used the Bitdefender box kind of as my now my main router here in the house. And, of course, it scans everything on the network and has found four vulnerabilities with it. And, mm -hmm. and it has never, it's always had, they're, they're not updating the firmware. I've checked. It's like they've a complete, D-Link has completely abandoned this plug. Like it's, this is one of the other drawbacks to home automation is some older equipment is abandoned. Like yep. companies have gone out of business. They're not interested anymore. They've been bought and sold. They've been, you know, right. All, all these kinds of things. Just, I think at the iDevice line, I mean, it was iDevices. They sold it to somebody else that sold the Weber, you know, uh, Weber bought some stuff. They now have their own branded thing. iDevices is back in the game with something else. And so there's been a lot of turnover in that space. This, this, so I bought this plug at $10. It retails, it's 27 and they give you a $17 that, that code takes $17 off. But one, I bought it to replace this one that's vulnerable. So I'm going to take it off the wall, smash it and recycle it at Best Buy. But two, the other thing I, I look for a lot, Kevin, in this is that I, is, can it integrate with, with an echo, right? Yes. Can it, does it have any Amazon capabilities? Uh, because we really, we're a house now. We control all the lights. By, by the way, another problem when you think about this home automation stuff is when things are attached to light switches. And like, you know, you have your family members. This was hard. They're, they turn off, you know, they turn off the light. Yep. And then it never works again until you turn the light back on and re-enable it. And, you know, and from time to time, the studio lights here that are in the, in the podcast studio here are set. I can, you know, I tell the device, hey, turn on the studio lights and they pop on. Doesn't work every time, you know, from time to time. She says, I don't know what you're talking about. And um, so it gets a little frustrating. But I did purchase that. One, it's a miracle that the, the, the Bitdefender box found it and found vulnerabilities in it, which I knew they were there. 
So that'll get replaced. Two, just good to have another device. This one doesn't monitor your power like some of the right. other ones done. Have you have you done that at all? Where you've yep. I've gotten those switches that are doing it. Do you find yourself going back to it very often to kind of check and see what it's doing? Not not necessarily the um, so in that T in the TP Link products. And thanks for bringing up the Alexa thing. That was the um, this Casa product line. The whole product line from TP Link supports. Um, uh, uh, Echo, uh, Google Assistant, and actually Cortana. So all, all are covered there. Well, the, and, Cor- and Cortana and in Amazon are are joining as yep. of this week. So yep. th- th- that that'll cross as well. So the uh, the the Casa the HS one ten family is the smart one that has smart monitoring in it. Where I've really used that is down in the lab when I'm testing equipment. You know, some everybody kind of wants to know, hey, how much power did that draw? When I was doing some mining, it gave me a way to you know better track how much electricity I'm drawing off this box versus what you know what I'm doing with it. Um, but you know, and that's what, earlier when I was saying you know the whole smart thing Insteon thing buying a hub. Um, Maybe Alexa or Google Assistant or whatever you use, maybe that becomes your hub. You know, that that almost ends up being kind of your focal point to talk to all your devices, because if all your devices can talk through that, then that becomes your unifying point of these products. Yeah. We use, I have a Philips Hue system that has its own hub, but that's the only hub I have. Uh, it has some integrations in it. So there's some things where I can run it through that. Amazon has an app. That well, Philips has an app where you can integrate other things with it. Of course, you can get it all set up on your Amazon device, and it'll run some things through it. So, it's another. It can you can have different companies all coming in on different things, like you said, with different apps. There are some, and I think Amazon is going to be the unifier on mm-hmm. this, right? It it's just the the motivations are right there for it to work with everybody. I have an Echo that sits on my desk. Should be careful now how loud I say that because she'll wake up. Um, but that's the basement control for us, and so all the lights in the basement. And we have an overhead light, and uh, the, there we have a litter box light that's on down here. The studio lights are on that. I'm still using what's what's super funny is I still have a set of lights that is on a remote, so you know you can turn those on and turn those off. And you think you know what you know how often this works every time, <laughs> every time it works, and yet. Uh, there, it's funny. Um, we have some folks, even some of my kids and their their spouses, they'll come to the house and they'll forget what the commands are to turn the lights on, you know, and they'll be like, and we'll find them. They'll have done something else. You know, they'll turn them off and try to turn them on and they can't get them on. So it's you almost need to post signs you know, like, hey, if you're going to turn, here's the book. If you're going to turn lights on in the basement, these are the commands to get it done. It shouldn't be that way, but it still kind of is, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and my uh, my cousin's a building contractor. He he mostly does light industrial commercial, but he and I were chatting about this, and um, there's a there's a big I shouldn't call it a big controversy, but amongst the home builders, there's getting to be folks now who say, "I don't want any light switches in the house." You know, I just hardwire all the outlets and I'll put smart bulbs in all the outlets. I don't need switches. But of course, then the argument is, well, you know, how do you turn the lights on when you first get in the house? And and is that really the best practice? And how do you future proof the house? So it, it's it's an interesting discussion about what you can get by with versus what is probably the best 
route for you know making your house sellable later on to someone who maybe doesn't want all the automation you've put together. Yeah, uh, Mark Robson in the chat room it, uh, put uh, sent a link in uh, for some switch guards. So they're just big plastic. They're really ugly uh, plastic <laughs> pieces that go over your switch. And I said to him, I said, yeah, those are super ugly. He goes, yeah, but they'll stop from getting the lights turned off. And I want to say, yeah, but so we'll just hardwiring them with no switch. <laughs> you know, just if in some, well, you know, and in some cases I, I feel that way. You're like, um, we, we, we got to be a little bit smarter about this. It's causing us because we're retrofitting all this home automation into our homes and this hasn't been around long enough for us to really think through all the ramifications of what does a truly smart house look like and how would you wire it differently knowing that you don't want people to ac accidentally turn the lights off or what do you do when there's a power outage or what do you, you know and when the power comes back on does that reset everything do you you know i just think there's some questions that have to be answered and, and I always come back to the, uh, you know, many years ago, I was uh, out in Boston, I think, for a meeting, and I picked up a uh, uh, one of our vendor people at the airport, and he gets in the car, we're talking a little bit, and he gets a call on his cell phone, and it, it turns into something I think we've all had to do before. Okay, no, turn the TV on. Now turn the DVD player. Now turn the receiver on. Yeah. Okay, not with that. No, not with that button. It's on input three. <laughs> and, and of course, yeah. you can hear the screaming in the background. I just want to put a movie on for the kids. Exactly. Yeah, it should be easy. And even when everything works right, you know, we've it's, it's convoluted at times. I think it'll get better. And I think as we think about the smart home in the future and, and people rewire, I think it's going to require that switch. It's going to need to require some rethinking. You know, what does that switch do? Emily says in the chat room that uh, her mark must have apparently covered some of her switches because she just couldn't learn to not turn them off, you know, and that it's, it is a habit of, you know, and I've got a, I've got a light that's out and on a porch that's maybe the farthest away from the, the Amazon device you can be in the house. So to control it by your voice, you really have to kind of shout and that's not super convenient at night when you're we leave that light on so the kids have a light on when they come in and so you really got to walk into the kitchen to turn that light off and in most cases that works but again it's not perfect and it's great don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not bashing home automation uh it's just we got some more i think we got some work to do to get us to that point where it's a little a little more seamless don't you think Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, one of my indicators on that is uh, Apple is taking a beating over the whole HomeKit deal. And and I always use the, them as a litmus test of um, for them to jump in with both feet and say everything's cool and let's roll with it. It's got to be it's got to be an Apple like product. It's just got to work and everything's got to function right. And it's not there yet. But it's a great time. You know, I, I just it, it's a good topic to discuss because I think for too long, um, just through my own talking about it, it kind of left it with people that um, they needed to decide whose hub they were going to jump into. And that's almost like a team kind of deal is, you know, 
you know, what, what team are you rooting for? And, and you, you jump into these hubs. Well, now I'm coming to find, you really don't need to do that. You know, you can just, if you want to turn some lights on and off, you know, turn the coffee machine on in the morning to get the coffee going. Um, you can do this stuff fairly easy and now, you know, really affordably, uh, you know, anything, I think anything that's uh, home automated and it's under 20, 25 bucks is, is a great deal. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's getting better. Um, I, I, I still think we have a ways to go in our next house. I'll spend more time thinking about it. I, I'm not sure, you know, I, I would need, I really think I need more of these Amazon Amazon listeners throughout the house if I'm going to make it scalable and we're going to turn kind of everything on with it. Um, I'd also love to see, well, one, you mentioned this. I'd love to see more integration with my iPhone and I'd love to do it with Siri where I could whisper. You know, yes. so, you know, uh, it, because at night I don't want to shout across the house to, to turn things off. So if there was some Amazon Apple integration, that'll never happen. So I don't even know why I'm saying it. <laughs> uh, but but I think there's a ways um, to go. So um, also in the Facebook group, Facebook group this week, Mike and, you know, I Mike Weger, who who's out tonight, put in a post about dash cams. Now, what's interesting is if you watch YouTube, just go to YouTube and type in dash cam. Man, you can see some awesome stuff. It's all in Russia, it seems like. Uh, Russia has a real big fraud problem with insurance. And I think China as well. I think that may be another area where there's a lot of dash cams. Um, Kevin, they haven't really caught on in the United States. I, I, I think, you know, yes, we have some people using them. And man, in, in Russia, you have a front and a back cam. You you do both, right? You're you're the, the Most of those guys are doing both. We haven't done it. Um, some of that, I think, has been expense. I think some people have seen dash cams. You know, they've been 150 or 200 or 300 bucks to put those in. It's kind of like the old days of GPSs, right? Remember when TomToms were 179 bucks? And, you know, nobody nobody buys those anymore. But Mike found, and uh, we'll put the link. Um, I'll put the link here in the in the chat room here in just a second. But um, Mike found one on Amazon for 40 and has really, uh, really liked it. Kevin, first of all, what do you think about dash cams? You know, when he, when he brought that up, um, it's one of those things where I, I think, and, and I guess what I've heard is pretty much exactly what you've said. I think at one point it was in Russia to get a, 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 a break or a deal on car insurance, you could put in dash cams and, and as long as you had them recording all the time, you'd get a break. Um, now I think my understanding is to get insurance at all in Russia, you have to have a dash cam. So it's kind of driven the market from that point of view. I'm a little surprised that the car manufacturers haven't just gone ahead. You know, we, we, we've got the rear view mirror up there and it's the perfect spot to mount something on there. Um, I think it's a great idea because it would, it would take a lot of the, um, especially as sad as it is to say we've got so much distracted driving due to technology, it would be good to have technology that um, keeps us honest, so to say, it's something that people can go back to and figure out what really happened in an accident or you know, help re reconstruct what, what went on, what occurred. So I, I think it's great technology. The cameras have come so far. You know, you, you just think how all the recording media, the size of storage, all of the optics have hit a point in time where um, you can get a great camera as Mike found for 40 bucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he says in, the, in his post, again, facebook.com slash groups slash the average guy. He says, I installed this one earlier. And this is, I think, called a, it's a cross tour. And I'm sure it's for, directly from China. 
But he said, I installed this one earlier this week and was surprised by the quality and the in the ease of use for the $40 price tag. It's one of those that it's set it and forget it uh, um, kind of item that starts recording when you start the car and it stops when you turn it off. It does not have any of the GPS or any of the other fancier features, but it does what I need it to do, recording while driving. I also like that it was able to use a long mini USB cord and plug it into my four-port anchor USB car charger that I already use for my phone and Bluetooth adapter. That's crazy that he's got a four-port charger in his car. But anyways, for his phone and his Bluetooth adapter, what brands are you guys using? And so uh, if you're, this is a great time to jump out of the Facebook group. And and if anybody else is using a dash cam, I just don't know, Kevin, it's, to think about my audience, it, it's mostly U.S., although it, it goes international. But it just hasn't, I don't see that many dash cams here in the U.S. For 40 bucks, though, I'm, I may give this a try. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's this may be the right entry point to be like, hey, it's time to start thinking about getting one of those. I, I don't. I don't know if I need it. Uh, do you know, are there any insurance companies here in the United States that are offering kind of discounts for dash cams? Are you familiar with anything like that? I, As we were talking, I did a quick search and I don't see any yet. Um, I know um, my, my insurance company, not to fade back to the home automation thing we just yeah. spoke about, but yeah, Ameri- yeah. American Family offers discounts for um uh, smart uh, smoke detectors and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all it would take is one of the, um, uh, one of the insurance companies to do that and, and give you a break on it. The one thing I did see just doing a quick search here, which does make sense to me is um, um, I, and I've, ha- I've had this come up in my own life at one point in time. Um, um, police forces in the United States are very, um, anti-blocking your vision stuff. I had something hanging from my mirror many years ago and I got pulled over for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It's, it was like a little charm or something hanging down there. Um, but there are, there's a, and just doing a quick Google search here, it did come back with something about us, uh, you know, negativity towards blocking your view and the camera would be have to put in such a way that it did not block your vision in any way. Yeah, well, and and I I think there's a little bit of pushback with U.S. law enforcement about being recorded as yes. well, and that's not a known. They they don't like that, and in some cases I can see why. In other cases, they probably need to be, um, and so that adds another political element into it. Um, uh, many of them can be uh, put up and hidden behind your rearview mirror so that you're that's not it's not blocking your vision. Um, Cyber skulls in the chat room says need is a very strong word. I tend to use, I tend to look at once. And uh, Emily says she has a four port charger in her car. My charger, Mark's phone, daughter's iPhone, and the extra mini USB for charging my portable charger. And, you know, Kevin, I've been using those. I have two charging, you know, I have two cigarette lighter ports and we don't even call those any that anymore. They're just, they're, for most people, they're charging ports, right? And I have bought two dual USB inserts, right? You just put them in there and then I can get four that way. So I guess yep. I'm just, as, I'm just, as, I don't have a hub. <laughs> Technically, I don't have a hub in my car, uh, but that's a, a great way to, uh, to, to think about it. You, I'm sure everybody's jammed up there, the cigarette lighters with, um, with chargers. I, um, it's interesting. I may, like I said, I may, I don't know, Kevin, to be, it, 
the problem with some of these kinds of gadgets in your car is if if you if you got to turn it on and turn it off. Now, if this yeah. really does what he says, like it comes on, records, turns off, overwrites the card. I don't have to do maintenance on it. It can survive in the sun. I live in Nebraska. It's going to be freakishly hot in the summer. Yep. It's going to be butt cold in the winter. I mean, that thing's got to survive 20 below. It's yep. sitting out there, right? It's got to be able to do that. Well, okay. Yeah, maybe maybe it's worth sticking up in the window and and uh, seeing. I don't know. It's, it's, you know, Mike got me into monitoring. We bought some cameras a couple shows back. You know, there was a good deal on these mm-hmm. dealing cameras, and I bought one. And I set it all up, and I checked it for the first day or two, and then I don't even look at it anymore. <laughs> you know, and Sighthound, I think I'm using Sighthound. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm wired that way. So link to it is in the show notes. Kevin, anything else? As you think about dash cams, it certainly at a $40 price point, this shouldn't stop anybody from having one. If that's, I mean, this would even put one in the back mm-hmm. and one in the front if that's what you wanted to do, right? Absolutely. And, and the one thing that does pop into my mind is... Um, as the father of a 13 year old now, who's going to be you know a few years away from driving. That was one of the arguments that I heard about this is, is a, a, a little bit of if the kid driving the car knows that it's recording everything that's going on, does that help, um, you know, keep them on the straight and narrow that, you know, they know that dad and mom can have a look at what went on while they were out with the vehicle. Mm-hmm. So there, there is, one aspect of it that way. And that's, and that I think we're going to see more of with, um, you know, some of the insurance companies already have that tool of plugging in to the port under the dash on the car and giving you real feedback on how fast the car was going. Um, even some G force related things with cars that have those sensors. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, Jim Kennedy was saying in the chat room also G force sensor that would auto record and save an accident or if sitting in a parking lot, turn on, and record what happened, right? In other words, I'm sensing movement. I'm going to automatically turn on because because he's right. When you're in a parking lot, you're you're as likely to be hit or struck in a parking lot. Somebody mm-hmm. jam into your car or a door thing or you know, back into you as you would when you're moving. So that that's a it, that's maybe one of those features. This one doesn't sound like it does that. Uh, and a battery, right? You would think it would need to be battery enabled or something, or it would. It would turn on um, and, and do that. So, well, all the the chat room lit up. I'm not sure I've going to be able to get through all the. the uh, Mark Robinson says I went to a mechanical mount though on the mirror stock. It has a suction cup, um, but it, the suction cup and this is really common doesn't like the cold, right? Mm-hmm. Suction cups and cold. Mm. So a mechanical mount where it's it's actually attaching to the back yep. of the mirror. Um, Jim says GPS on his to place uh, displays uh, direction and speed. I've, I tell you, I've tried to turn, you know, I've tried to get my phone to automatically open ways whenever I leave a particular mm-hmm. area. That has not worked well. I, I need right. to, but that's a kind of deal, you know, hey, I'm leaving, turn this on, make this kind of thing happen. Um, and I think, I think you're right, Kevin, you just said that. I'd love to see some integration between this and that port in yep. your car that measures some other things, road conditions or how the car is running or what speed, some of those kinds of things. I know they have GPS speed. Yep. So, hmm. okay, no, well, for 40 a- bucks, this is kind of a, maybe the entry point in to at least, if you wanted to try it out for 40 bucks, right? That's not too bad. 
Yeah. And, and like you say, this is a great thing about the Facebook group because this is something I've seen, hadn't thought about, and now it's kind of on my ticker to keep an eye on this kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know, for mm-hmm. numerous types of reasons. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Before I forget, as we were talking about all the USB ports and charging plugs and things like that, uh, I was down at uh, our family's farm in western Wisconsin. I, uh, For many of you know, I own way too many tractors. For a guy who doesn't farm, I have 13 tractors. Um, <laughs> one of them is from the late 60s. It's a big tractor. I was showing my daughter how to drive it, and she's looking at all the controls. And you know, this, this, this is a, a good-sized tractor. And she grabs one of the knobs and says, well, what's that? And I said, oddly enough, that's a cigarette lighter. And it was very common in the 60s to put a cigarette lighter on the tractor. Sure. And she's she's looking at it and she pulls it. And, you know, I, I pushed it in and let it heat up for her. And, show, and then I realized she's never seen it. She's 13 and she's never seen a cigarette lighter because mm. all of the cigarette lighter ports on cars, they don't come with the lighter anymore. It's just a port for you to plug your charger into. <laughs> and isn't that funny? Like. There are more efficient ways oh, God. <laughs> to do power than a cigarette lighter. Like, you know, you and uh, Nathaniel was saying in the chat room, his car came with four USB ports um, and then and at least two of the cigarette charger ports. Like we could do a better like that, that, that port collects junk. It things can fall in it like. It, uh, you know, I, I tell the story all the time about a grandmother or a, about a, a mom who was cooking a ham and cut the end off of it. And her daughter was watching it when she put it in the oven. And the daughter said, Mom, why do you always cut the end off your ham? And she says, I don't know. Grandma, that's what grandma did. And so grandma comes over the next weekend and she remembers. And so she says, Grandma, why do you always cut the end off your ham? She's like, well, my pan was only this big. And so, like, <laughs> you know, it's the the perfect example of, like, when things change and the cigarette lighter is that port is a perfect example. It's it, it may be one of the worst design for what we're using it for one of the worst design ports in the car. We don't need it for the most part anymore. Um, a, a lot of people don't. And I don't think anybody, even smokers, I don't think are using it. I don't, no. nobody pushes that thing. In. It cracked me up on Deadpool when he uses that, you know, <laughs> he uses that thing uh, against one of the guys. But um, certainly the audio, the auto industry is going to be changing with that. And I think they're going to, there may be a time and I don't know, maybe USB is even on its way out as a, you know, in the car, apparently not for this group, <laughs> uh, <laughs> apparently not for this group, but it, it is an interesting, like, I think we need to rethink our power inside cars. Yes. Hey, it wasn't long ago we were going on a trip and my son had this big old honking laptop that just. It was one of the old ones and it just sucks some power. And so he plugged it in through an inverter into a yep. friend's car and blew the circuit. Like yep. just blew it, just blew it right out. I felt so bad. Um, <laughs> it was. It, so um, anyways, I, this brings up interesting topics as far as, oh, as yeah. we outfit our cars. But um, speaking of interesting, when we think about things that are changing, we have, uh, you know, a lot of folks listening right now came over from our crypto group, our burst crypto group. And, you know, Kevin, this time last year, I bought four GTX 1060s. I paid 212 bucks for them, which was pretty good price at the time. They had been a little bit cheaper. I think maybe you could have gotten them at the lowest point for 179 And then uh, it went nuts. Like, it just absolutely went crazy. At one point in time, those 1060s, these these aren't even top of the line. We're like 400 bucks. Yep. You know, on the, on the open market. And my kids, so if you look... If you look right here, uh, I think it's 
is that, yeah, if you look right here, you will see the boxes for my 1060s right there, right? There you go. So uh, proudly displayed. My boys came over the other day and like, dad, you're the problem. We can't get video cards to play games. <laughs> like you, you're, it's your fault. None of my kids are mining. And 1060s aren't that great of miners, but they, they get me there. But Kevin, you, again, you found a deal. I think we're back. I think we're back to regular CPU or GPU prices. And so guys, GPUs are back on the menu, right? I think if you're, if you're in the market, right. Is that across the board? Do you think? It, it's, um, it's lowering really rapidly. And in the 212 you gave out, um, the, uh, my, for my daughter's gaming computer, I bought her a 1060, uh, around Black Friday time last year. And it was 209. I remember getting mm -hmm. it on Amazon mm -hmm. for 209. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this, this 1060, uh, you know, three gigabit of memory for 199, that that's a, a great deal. And, and you're seeing, uh, uh, you know, those come back into that price range again. Um, you know, the big thing about the, the interesting thing I find about gaming cards is I never really did a whole lot with gaming cards because I wasn't really a gamer. I'd always, you know, just looked for a decent graphic card or a workstation card or, you know, I was always swapping or dealing on it. The one thing I will note is, um, you know, most of the games my daughter plays are things uh, on Steam and uh, she's big into The Sims. And I didn't think a graphics card would do all that much, but I was blown away by going from whatever we had in it previously to this 1060 in the Sims, you know, you've got all this texture of the houses, the people live in and the furnishings and that, and it was amazing how much better that looked. It, it So just that rendering of that even makes a difference. So even if you're a mild gamer, um, a 1060 is a great card. Um, it's always hard to equate to kind of the NVIDIA versus uh, Radeon camps, you know, the, the two major uh, camps that way. Um, the 560 in, in uh, um, AMD's Radeon family is not up to the 1060 level here, but I've seen those for, uh, geez, somebody had one for 150 bucks with a $20 mail-in rebate. So down, getting down around the $125 range. And then um, Newegg had some 570s, which uh, uh, from the Radeon family, they were four gig cards, uh, I'm gonna have to look those up quick. I, I was I was kind of surprised that they were um, like 229 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they, reasonable again, right? I mean, yeah. I think we're almost back to pre-crypto prices on GPUs. Now, some of that is there's some new cards coming. So Cyber Skulls, and I saw an EVGA 1070 Ti on Newegg last week, 429 with a free game. He says he's betting that post the the 2070s launch. They'll be 350 to 379, which I think both AMD and NVIDIA are producing like this, this whole crypto thing was a bit huge distraction for all of us as we were buying these cards. They've been developing the next gen and there's a whole new generation. And holy cow, Kevin, I saw some $5,000 video cards. <laughs> it's like, what? Are you serious? You know, uh, some some uh, amazing 16 core, you know, stuff you'd put in your PC. And I'm yep. like, w w wow, okay, well, cool, I guess. I I'm not sure how I feel about that, but I remember, you know, when when this not this generation, but maybe the generation before, when video cards really 
you know, it used to be one, you didn't need a video card for the average PC consumer. Eh, you had on, you had on onboard graphics that worked mm-hmm. out. And worst case scenario, you'd buy a one gig or a two gig card and it had its, it had a dedicated processor and speed things up a little bit. And you'd maybe pay 50 or 60 bucks for it. And then when the kids started gaming, I remember them buying, you know, two and three and $400 video cards. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's the price of some PCs. Are you, you don't like, I really thought they were going overboard on this. Um, this was years ago, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago, maybe even a little bit more, but it really is now. I mean, we are really now in a spot where man, that, the, that market is incredible in what it's doing. And those cards, you know, again, pre-crypto when, when folks were using them for games, um, it has really expanded in what they're doing. If you haven't looked, if you haven't looked and some people got so mad during this crypto run, they just stopped looking at GPUs. They're like, I'm not, this is stupid. I'm not going to pay these prices, you know? And I remember when, when the cards went from, let's just say this 1060, which was probably 200 bucks for, in most cases, 179, 200 bucks. And those went to 350, 400 people were just pissed, like yep. super angry that they were that expensive. Um, so we've come back around. I think there, there were, if you've been waiting, if you've been holding off, they're back too, and you can watch. And I, and I don't know if I would buy right now today. Cause I think like cyber skull says, I think there's going to be some really good deals as they clear out kind of some of these older cards. I, I agree. I, I think if you, if you had a need, um, I, if you needed a card right now, I would be comfortable buying now uh, because they're back down to where I would expect them to reasonably be. But as we're coming out with some new cards, this is the time when you start to see real deals on some of the existing, you know, we've, we've been running the 500 series from uh, Radeon for, uh, you know, over a year now or around a year and the uh, the the current nvidia family's been around for about a year now so that's you know about 12 months is pretty long in the tooth for those kind of things mm-hmm. so um, i did drop a, a link in the chat room there um you were talking about nvidia's big announcements um uh, intel of all people uh kind of one up them with their announcement on re-entering the graphic gpu business and you know i've worked on and off with i've been affiliated with intel since probably 1981 82 and intel is kind of notorious and they do it for what they feel is a good reason, but they jump in and out of markets. You know, they, 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 you know, a lot of people don't realize it, but they, they bought, um, a graphic card company years ago called chips and technology. That was one of the only guys out there really doing good VGA graphics for LCDs. And I have to think the, the, you know, our growth of uh, tablets and laptops came from a lot of that technology that was released from that. So Intel likes to shake things up. And I think it's interesting that Intel is, you know, aiming, uh, they got lots of transistors on a chip and now they're aiming at uh, shaking up the GPU market. So it, it'll be interesting to see how well they do. You know, of course, the big thing with GPUs is getting all those game folks to tune their games to make your GPU be successful or be the best that it can be. Uh, but, you know, with Intel's clout, um, you know, a, a two-way battle is good. Three-way, I think, is fine as well. So it'll be interesting to see what they are able to kind of push towards in that uh, graphic market as well. Well, they kind of gave up on the mobile market for yep. the most part. And mm-hmm. I think they're kind of thinking like, oh, like the PC market, while while the, the for the last quarter actually grew. 
yep. for the first time in I think 15 years or something like that. Um, it, I'm sure they're seeing growth potential. And of course, they're a little late to the game on this. And, mm -hmm. and you know, again, they saw the popularity. They saw both AMD and, and NVIDIA hold prices. No, let prices go wild during the, you know, during this run up. Neither one of them would amp up their production for fear that the this the bottom would fall out. Oh, it did actually. The bottom would fall out on the crypto market for the, and people would stop buying them, which is exactly what's happening right now. And um, and, and it's interesting they would jump in now. This is a good move for gamers. I just don't know if gamers have that kind of loyalty unless they come in at a different price point. I mean, yep. who who realistically you're either you're either AMD or you're Nvidia. And you have loyalty to that, and it's 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 kind of a it's kind of a Microsoft move. Like yep. this is like one of those like oh all of a sudden yeah because we can we're going to throw a bunch of money at this and see if we can make a difference in the market. I, I think I'm a little leery. So my next statement is not based on anything that I know, but the only thing, and I've I've been doing. Um, <laughs> the one good side of unemployment is it gives you a lot of time to research and study and learn new stuff. Intel is investing a ton of money in AI and uh, augment, uh, AR, uh, augmented reality and virtual reality. So when I saw this, this graphic, you know, the whole GPU aspect from Intel, I instantly thought of, well, how does this tie into AI with these guys? Or how does this tie into some of the other things that they're doing? Um, so, you know, it could be just, hey, they're selling a ton of uh, video cards. Let's get in on the action there. We've got fab space. We can build one better than anybody else. But I almost have to wonder if it doesn't tie in more directly to some of the other things that they're doing from that point of view. Well, how great it would have been as a coup. Like if you ever want to get into a market, get in when it's hot. And how, how much of a coup could it have been if Intel would have surprised the market last year at this time when the prices were skyrocketing to jump in and say, hey, we're basically going to, you know, this is a 1080 equivalent or this is a five, 580 equivalent, whatever, and, and flood those in at a lower price point, you know, yeah. and really disrupt the market. Um, and get some people because in those days, you know, in those days, a whole year ago, all people could, it was hash. Like how much can this thing hash? Like, I, I don't care. Just get it. You know, I, I, I don't need to be brand loyal at this point. Can I hash that crypto? And, um, and so that could have been, man, that would have been a great time to jump in. That, oh, that yeah. That's kind of gone. I mean, they kind of missed it. And unless we have a second run or a third run. Um, you know, that would be a good way to kind of enter in and say, hey, or optimize them for the crypto market, you know, come in and say, hey, here's some things that we can do and we can do them particularly well. And they'll work as a video card, but these could be opted for crypto, you know, uh, optimized for crypto. And, you know, that might be a niche space where if they actually could do it and prove that it worked better than, you know, than an AMD or a, uh, a NVIDIA card. Um. Yeah, maybe there'd be a chance. It'd be mm -hmm. kind of kind of interesting. So, um, well, interesting to see where this goes on the on the GPU side. You mentioned Black Friday, and actually, we're not that far away from Black Friday. <laughs> like, it's unbelievable. Like, ho holy cow, that's like tomorrow. But <laughs> I think we've mentioned two things tonight that you want to watch for on Black Friday. One is hard drives, and I I think both SSDs, which we mentioned, mm -hmm. and some spinners. Yep. So I think we're going to see a shift in spin in the spinner space, and there's going to be 
the eights have a little long in the tooth. Eight terabytes a little long in the tooth right now. And I think we're going to see some of that get flushed out as tens um, uh, kind of show up on the market. Mm-hmm. And then uh, two, what we're, we're what we're talking about right here, I think we're going to see them flood out what they have, their current inventory, get get rid of it. And uh, now might be a good time if you're into that. Uh, if you're into that space, if you're looking for it, um, that would be that would be a good time um, to buy. Cyberskull says, "Yeah, AMD, Nvidia dropped the ball on the mining spec cards. Same price, same performance, less warranty." Yeah, no, they there was another opportunity they had to really uh, during the craze to do some things differently, and I, they didn't. They they just they kind of tried some stuff and everybody was afraid that these cards would burn out faster and well actually they will and you know some of those kinds of things um, you know it, and how could you redesign a card when heat matters you know when you're gaming yeah that fan's going to come on from time to time but the other seventeen hours a day it's going to sit idle right yep. where these cards are just burning all day long how do we really they, they could have had some mining optimized cooling. And some folks were modifying some things and doing stuff with it. But anyways, um, uh, a good time. If you're thinking about it, if you're if you're a gamer, like you need to be watching right now, now till the end of the year um, on prices. Kevin, I um, uh, not every show, but I like to sometimes uh, towards the end of the show, talk a little bit about what, what I'm watching on YouTube, because I, I've completely stopped watching TV, even my recorded stuff. I spent all this money to record TV and all that stuff, and I've stopped watching it. In the last two weeks, uh, this is one of those little crazy things. I never anticipated this, but I've I have two shows I've gotten turned on to, both around yacht or boat building, like old school, hundred year old boats. <laughs> like this is traditional wood and woodworking and old school and axes and chisels and. There is something for for me, and I think the, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think there's a lot of listeners that are a lot like me. They like these kinds of, like, you like tractors, right? And I've gotten in, so these two shows, again, the links will be in the show notes if you want to get there. One is called Samson Boat Company, and uh, I'll just, uh, I'll put that uh, link out in the chat room right now. So, folks, if you want to take a look at it, this is a guy all kind of all by himself is is re, rehabbing a boat called Tally Ho, which is pretty cool. 109-year-old English yacht that was, the keel was gone. I mean, it was in pretty bad shape. And he is going back through, he's in Washington State right now, does a really nice job of video. Very, very satisfying watching his videos and some of the work that he's doing. And then there's another uh, another group of guys, uh, and their show is called Acorn to Arabella. Arabella is going to be the name of the boat. I'll throw this in the chat room as well. Acorn to Arabella. And they are doing uh, something similar, except they're building the boat from the ground up. And these are two grassroots efforts. They're getting Patreon subscribers. They don't have a lot of money. I mean, boating is freakishly expensive. If you think, <laughs> If you think CPUs and hard drives are expensive, you know, uh, some a, a a good stick of lumber can be thousands of dollars. Uh, you know, especially here in the United States, to get really good lumber. Um, and so they're kind of self-funding this. And again, not necessarily tech-related, but the craft that's involved. I and I don't know about you, Kevin, but I really enjoy watching someone who's a craftsman. You know, these guys poured uh, their own keel, right? The lead keel that's at the bottom oh. of the boat. They poured their own. They in the ground, 
with a you know with a form they melted it down themselves they they steamed these things using a homemade you know because sometimes you have to steam the planks to get them to yep. bend and stuff I've just really appreciated what this the craftsmanship alone and there's something about have you ever you ever sailed have you been you ever done anything got out on boats or I I've not sailed myself but uh, we um, had to be in the mid 90s probably mid 90s uh, we went to Boston and then up uh, Vermont New Hampshire and Maine we ended in Maine the best way I can describe it was it was a, a if you it was a bed and breakfast on a sailing ship. So we, we slept on the boat, we ate on the boat, and we sailed around looking at the fall colors. And, you know, it's amazing just being in this old sailing ship. Um, the, oddly enough, the food was great. It, it, you know, an old wood stove. Uh, yeah. To this day, best lobster I ever had. Mm-hmm. The last day we were out, the captain dropped sail. We pulled up next to this other boat. I didn't realize until we got up by them, they were pulling in lobster traps. Mm-hmm. Basically, lobsters came out of traps, went went down into the galley, into a boiling pot, and you you basically walked your lobster down, and you came back with your lobster to eat. It was it was that yeah you know it came out of the Atlantic Ocean and into your belly within minutes. <laughs> Best lobster I ever had. That there's uh it's you don't get much fresher than nope. that. Well, there's something about the craftsmanship, and I, and I bet you find this too in the tractors. There's something oh, yeah. about the craftsmanship that's going to last a hundred years. Yep. When you think about the the wood, the 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 way they have to cut it and form it and shape it and take care of it, they're doing all these different things to make sure that it stays stable and is strong. And they have to deal with checking, and they've got to deal with splitting and and wood drying at different speeds and stuff. And I don't, I don't know. For me, I have find, I have found that terribly satisfying. I oh just, yeah. You know, and I've watched one video after another. I've worked out and watched the videos. I've been, I mean, I've been binge watching boats, you know, oh, yeah. ex- and especially old, like old yachts, hundred year old yachts or hundred year old boats. Um, and the and the thing, it 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 kind of reminds me of when we first started doing this tech podcasting, and it was rogue. Like there weren't a lot of people doing it. It was we were we were a handful or a couple handfuls of 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 guys out there. We were doing all kinds of crazy things with this, and even with our meetups, it was kind of it was kind of crazy, right? People were like you're doing what, you know? And we were doing all this stuff that was kind of different. And I see both these channels as as guys that are are really, you know, shipbuilding is not on the list of STEM jobs that are popular today. Right. And these guys are super passionate about it. Many of them are spending their life savings or are working uh, two jobs to be able to afford, you know, building these ships is hundreds, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And think about lost revenue and time. So I've appreciated that the links to the to the YouTube videos. Kevin, anything anything you're watching on uh, when we think about YouTube or anything you're watching out there that. Well, just a couple of things on on the the boating stuff yeah, too. It, yeah, yeah. It, it's an art form. I mean, it, it really is. It's the handcrafting. Um, it, when you were talking about that, I don't know if you, uh, the actor uh, Nick Offerman, uh, he's been on several things. Was on Parks and Rec. Yep, he, yep. He, uh, if you hit YouTube and look him up, he's a big woodworker, mm-hmm. and he does some very very unique things. Um, you know, and what a lot of what you're hitting on there is these old tractors I collect. Um, it's gas, spark, and air, and that's it. There's no computer. There's nothing there. Yeah. And, you know, they're fun to work on because they're simple. 
And, you know, it was just my dad's 87 now, and I was helping him with one of his tractors uh, here a couple weekends ago, uh, brand, uh, you know, one of the older brands, Els Chalmers. And I was bemoaning the fact that, you know, what the heck is wrong with these, these Els Chalmers tractors? I was trying to take a bolt out of one of them. And I'm like, well, it's nine sixteenths on one end and it's half inch on the other end. What, why, you know, why would they do that? And of course, my dad looks at me like, well, back in 1945, when a fellow bought this tractor, he only had one set of wrenches. So they were thinking ahead that this was a good thing to not, you know, a 916 bolt would have a 916 head on a head and a 916 burr. They did things so it had a smaller head and a bigger nut on it. So you, you only needed one set of wrenches. So it's it's that kind of detail and craftsmanship that you know we don't even think about these days. You know, it's just the thing is put together and it's disposable. And a lot of this stuff comes from from bygone days. To, to your question on what I'm watching, um, you know, it's funny. I too um, have. There's very little on on regular broadcast TV I watch. Although uh, anybody who likes a good comedy, there's a show called Trial and Error that is hilarious. It's absolutely the fun. It, it's a mockumentary kind of thing about the legal system in a small town. Uh, called Peck. And of course, being a small town called Peck, there's lots of Pecker jokes about different things. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's one of those shows where last season you saw certain things that are now popping up in this season. Yeah. Uh, East Peck, uh, they were talking about how East Peck was much more uh, innovative than it had been. It's okay for women to drive there. As long as a man walks in front of the car screaming, lady driver, lady driver. So this season, you see that in the background. There's a car driving by and there's a guy walking in front of the car screaming, lady driver, lady driver. <clears throat> but I digress. I'm, yes, I'm catching yeah. up a lot on, on Netflix. Um, I've got a laundry list of things. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to like Lost in Space's reboot. I'm, I'm not quite there yet. Mm. It's, it's okay. Uh, but uh, we'll yeah. we'll see how things we'll see how things go. I do have Man in the High Castle on my list mm. of things to watch when that hits mm -hmm. October fifth on Amazon Prime. That'll be one I'll binge. You know they'll put all ten episodes out. It's done over the weekend. Like yep. I cannot, I can't stop watching it. And uh, season two is so amazing. What I need to do is schedule some time. I'm on vacation this week. Maybe I'll watch. Um, I'll go back and watch season two. It was so good, Kevin, that um, it's worth watching again. The character development has been awesome. So that's that's kind of sitting on my radar. But yeah, you know, there's a lot of there's a it's YouTube is surprising and there's a lot of junk out there, but there's a lot of folks who are really trying mm -hmm. to, to create community. Oh yeah. And you know, they start these projects and um and they get, you know, the I one of the ones, um, one of these boat builders, I just I, I instantly joined his Patreon. I was like, okay, I gotta I gotta help this guy. Yep. And, um, you know, he had a, he had a, I don't know, 1200 maybe or so on Patreon helping him out. And he's just such a good guy. And you're just like, and he's just, he's super real and it's, he's not pretentious and people just show up. This is one of the things I love about community and it kind of our meetups, like, you know, when we would just show up together, people just show up at his place. You know, they let him know, Hey, I'm coming. I want to help for a couple of days. And he's come on over. I'll put you to work and you know, we'll, We'll build this boat, and um, and so it's it's pretty cool. So again, those links if you want to join along with me on this boat building, I can't, I cannot take my eyes off of it. Um, <laughs> if you if you're interested in those kinds of things, again, it's so different than tech, and yet the math 
the geometry, the measuring, the craftsmanship. I guess that's what I appreciate. And you, we've said yep. that word a couple of times, but I really appreciate the craftsmanship of, of what they're building. It does kind of remind me, you know, we've spent a bunch of time. We'll talk about this in the post show in the burst community that we've worked on in crypto. This is a community that you just didn't set up the nonces and start mining. You know, Ken was drilling me all the time about, is it optimized? Did Have you tried this? Have you, you know, and, you know, that's kind of the technology craftsmanship. Like, are you always making it better? Are you always enhancing it? Are you always finding ways to do it differently, more efficiently? Uh, we're in a, we're in a, um, in a pool that where everybody, and it's kind of like home server show forums, Kevin, where you, we don't have a dick out there. You know, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have some guy for the most part who's, you know, that guy. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh. You know, and in those kinds of communities, building those kind of communities, they don't happen by accident and they don't happen very often. They have to be, you've in home server show in the home server show community, which I still think is one of the best communities on the internet. Oh. Um, it, it happens because you guys moderate it, right? Yep. And and make it good. So um, some pretty like great stuff. Yeah, I think we all enjoy areas um, that, are, that are supportive you know, and, and they're positive, you know, you, you, you try and help each other out. You try and uh, add value and, you know, and that's what I look at. There've there been times when I've um, privately chastised folks over on home server and it really comes down to, Hey, you know, the comment you made, I, I get why you said that, but did that help the situation at all? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, well, you know, rethink your comment a little bit. Yeah. You know, we're all, we're all here to, you know, have a good experience and have a positive experience. The other thing I find about home server is sort of the archival value of it. You will find people just one popped up today of, Hey, I hate to bring up this old thread, but um, can somebody answer this question for me from, you know, this, this mm-hmm. old older technology, mm-hmm. I've got an older micro server sitting right yep. here. Yeah. And yeah. 40L and, and, you know, the thing is, is his question is you could, you could respond to that question with, you know, the answer is right there. Go look for it. Yeah. Or you could, or you could just point him to it and say, "Hey, great question. That one comes up a lot. Here's your answer." Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and and I think how you how you ask the question or is just as important as how we answer it. Yep, and uh, and that's what makes great community is when when people are understanding in both the way they ask and the way they answer. It is hard sometimes. to have been in the community for a while, and you know, in the podcasting community, you know, I do ask the podcast coach on Saturday mornings. And, you know, in the Facebook groups all the time, it's like, hey, what's the best microphone? And you're like, seriously? Like, you know, but you have to, <laughs> you got to say, okay, well, here's here's the deal when you're doing that. So um, some great stuff. Hey, I'd like to hear from you. What are you watching on YouTube? Let's just do that. Jim at the average guy TV, or you can post it on the, in the comments. Although nobody, nobody does comments on our page. Uh, so send me an email, Jim at the average guy TV. I'd love to know what you're watching on YouTube. Kevin, it's gotten so bad for me on YouTube that I, I run out of like, I'll find a new series and then I'll go back binge as I'm working out. And then they only produce every week. So like, then I'm out again, I've caught up and I'm like, Oh shoot. My, my thing for, I've, I've said this on the show here for a while. I was just, my eyes were glued to Hawaii. And so I was watching every update out of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I was, and it's, you know, that, that thing has stopped uh, for yep. the most part. And so not as exciting now because it stopped. And then I've been watching the reconstruction of the Oroville Dam in Oroville, mm-hmm. California. You know, that thing had two years ago, last two winters ago, nearly failed, which would have been catastrophic, by the way. That would have been a disaster of epic proportions. Kiwit 
who's out of Omaha here is the one fixing it. So it's kind of oh. cool to watch them. The Department of Water Resources in California has done the best job of documenting that thing and putting it on YouTube. They have great videos. And it's not just here it is and here's some pictures. They're flying drones. They've done some 360 drone stuff, right? Where they fly the drone up the spillway and you can con you know, you can you can control the camera as nice. it's going up and see all the various things. That is really, really cool. That mm -hmm. um, you know, that here is they're just rebuilding the dam, but there's obvious again, back to craftsmen. These are big, big equipment. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like I'm seven again, like trucks. <laughs> dozers, back backhoes, bucket loaders. Um, you know, they're they're rolling millions of pounds of roller compacted concrete and they're and they're not just pouring it, they're shaping it into yeah. this gentle thing that, you know, if the water ever if they ever need to use the the emergency spillway, the 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 way the water comes out of the dam will be like a work of art. Yep. You know, and you think they didn't have to do it that way. But somebody decided, let's make this thing look cool. Yep. You know, if we're Absolutely. gonna if we're gonna spend a billion dollars fixing this thing, let's make it, um, let's make it look cool. So, um, yeah. So Jim says, uh, Cybermancer in our in our group, he's the one who stopped the lava, and they said, oh no, the lava, not the dam. <laughs> yeah, luckily the <laughs> dam. Uh, in in both cases, luckily it stopped uh, in in both ways. Kevin, uh, thanks for for jumping in and filling in for Mike Weger tonight. Absolutely. Um, and filling in uh, one quick, let's just spend one minute on this. You have, um, you, you've gone against the grain a little bit on the barbecue side and we've talked about this before, but you have a sous vide yep. and you, you've been using it and, and you, you put in the show notes, it's barbecue blasphemy. Yep. I'm not so sure it is. It certainly is a barbecue aid. How are you using it? Well, you know, it's, um, I, I, I wanted, I wanted to do an experiment. I, I feel like I'm a pretty good barbecue guy. Uh, pretty much all charcoal. Um, haven't gotten into a, um, uh, smoker as of yet, yeah. but, um, as I've watched, um, yeah, I, I was having flashbacks to my younger days and my wife inviting people over for a barbecue and telling them we're going to have chicken. And although I'm good at barbecuing in my younger days, it was like, well, is this going to be dry briquettes of unedible chicken or is this going to be potentially salmonella dying? Exactly. Chicken? Exactly. Uh, and, and it just, it struck me that, you know, a barbecue should be a fun event, you know, a fun thing to, uh, and, and I was uh, in looking back of my memories, it was always stressful, uh, hurrying, getting things done. And I, so the experiment I did was just to take some chicken thighs, put them in a, put them in a bag, get them prepped. Uh, I, I like to do this Greek chicken thing with a little, uh, marinate them overnight with a, like a balsamic vinaigrette type of thing, threw them in the uh, SV and got them you know, heated up and ready to go at the same time, you know, while, while that's timing out. And obviously you have to figure that out with those is how much chicken do you have and how long is it going to cook? But um, timing wise, you can get that ready. The chicken's cooked, it's edible, it's ready to go. And that idea of just throwing it on and you know, blackening it up a little bit to uh, make it look prettier. Um, 
I, I think my, my portrayal is for folks who are afraid to barbecue for a large group of people, like, you know, more than five or six people, um, an SV is a great way to go. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a fan, whether it's steaks or chick, chicken's probably the easiest one. Cause you know, right now chicken's dirt cheap and you know, you throw some chicken thighs with some marinade or some you know, barbecue sauce and, uh, people show up, you put a beer in their hand, you throw the chicken on the grill for just a few minutes to put a crust on it. And, uh, you know, the couple of times I've tried that so far, the response has been phenomenal. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a great way of getting great control. I think that's yeah. the key, right? You know, it's funny as much like good craftsmanship goes in these tech communities, like we talked about boating, grilling has been a major theme of what we've been talking about here oh, yeah. on Home Gadget Geeks, which is awesome. And we had Ryan Parker on, actually twice we've had Ryan Parker talking about these sous vides and and I, I'm I've yet to try it, but I think this I think this fall is the season for me to get it done. You know, yep. we had Micah on to talk about an air fryer. I need to get one of those for yes. sure. Yep. And um and I and I think it's this is one of those areas. We're doing some um we're gonna do some cubed staked you know, cube steak and and this weekend for my daughter. And I think that'd be a perfect, you know, get it marinated, put that in a bag because cubes are hard to get right on the grill. Uh, Put it in a bag, get it up to the right temperature. It's perfect. Then toss them on the grill to get them, you know, kind of brown. And you know, they're at the perfect temperature. Don't go, don't put them on for too long, but you know, they're at the perfect temperature and, and it's a great way to do it. They're, they're safe. They're cooked. They're ready to go. You know, the other yeah. the other observations I've made is, of course, I, I see other people do this is I, I was first using it with a pot and I had the pot sitting on the stove. And then it struck me as why are you even doing the SV deal in the house? Just right. do it outside by the grill. Right. And, I, and I've noticed, you know. I, I basically took a little storage container, you know, a, a you know, a little tote kind of thing, and that's what I've started cooking in now instead of using a pot at all. So, you know, for a barbecue like that, I'm basically doing nothing in the house. I'm preparing all the food outside. We're eating at the, you know, the, the patio. Uh, it's just a great, um, great uh, area. You know, it, it's fun. It's it's. I, I'm probably not articulating it as well as I had hoped to, but it's good food, but it's also um, you're reducing the stress around putting it together. And really, you know, barbecue is just a time for people to get together, have a drink, have something to eat, you know, interact with each other. And it, it makes the thing a whole lot more fun for everybody. Yeah. And a lot less stress. Yeah. You yeah, know, absolutely. a lot less stress, yeah, you know, having a instant read meat thermometer has changed things for me and oh. in, in, right. Cause now you can kind of know, yep. um, but it's, it's even more controlled than that. Do you know what kind of brand, what, 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 what kind of uh, sous vide are you? Are uh, you I, I have remember? the, uh, the Anova, uh, the Anova Nano is the one I have. Nano. Okay. Which is the, it's the cheapy, it's uh, plastic, uh, no Wi-Fi, Bluetooth only. So it was the sub hundred dollar uh, get into a uh, yeah no you know, it's a and it's a nano n a n o yep is yep. that right yeah so uh, let me just see if I can find that I will try and um I think this is at eighty nine maybe yep. eighty nine on on Amazon okay we'll we'll That's pull a we'll pull a link for that to get into the show notes for those that are listening. If you're, if you're thinking about doing it, that's not a bad, uh, that's not a bad price point to get in on. That's definitely, especially for kitchen gadgets, uh, not a bad place to be. Well, Kevin, thanks again. 
Absolutely. doing that. I, yeah, it's, I, it's probably time for me this fall. We, we, it, you know, I, I've mentioned on the show before, we went hello fresh back in the fo- in the spring mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> my daughter, it was interesting. I should have brought this down. My daughter goes, Hey dad, cause she's been home for the summer. I made a binder and she didn't just make a binder, but she separated by chicken, beef, pork, 20 minute recipes require a little bit more work and then heavy duty. Right. And so we've got these, it's like six or nine sections in there of everything. She got it broken down for us. It's almost like she's worried when she leaves. Cause she's been doing all the cooking <laughs> this summer. Really? Yeah. Nice. Well, listen, you're, when your 19 year old daughter says I, I, I'm taking over the kitchen, like she started and we didn't plan it that way. She I, just started doing the cooking and I was like, well, but it was hello fresh that got that done for us. Right. Cause the right ingredients, the right, you know, the right spices, the right proportions. I mean, it's just so perfect. I threw out last week, I threw out a note to everybody and I said, Hey, I get plenty of coupons from HelloFresh to share with everybody. I have two ways of doing it. One is I can give you a $40 off coupon. You get 40 off. I get a $30 credit, or I think it's two meals for free, something like that. And I honestly don't care. I just want you to try it. So if you're interested in doing that, let me know. Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. Let me know what what you prefer. Um, I have a bunch of I, think I have a bunch of coupons sitting right here, so they send me these all the time, and I feel bad. I'm like these, you know, and you can cancel at any time. By the way, super easy um, to skip. We skip. We're skipping three weeks in a row. I just don't. We got a lot of things going on. I just don't want boxes showing up on my on my doorstep. Mm-hmm. You go into the app, skip, done. Doesn't show up. You don't get it. It's pretty great. Eight meals to choose from each week. Super easy to cook, uh, one of those kinds of things. And uh, even some grilling recipes that you can, you know, if we, we got salmon the other day, we, we grilled it in, the, in, a, in, a, in a skillet. I could have put that on some wood planks and, uh, and put it on the grill. Um, Absolutely. Well. So if you're interested in doing that, let me know. Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. I'll get those. So you, you, you. you nailed it with that too, is that the big thing with those guys is you get everything you need. You know, you don't have to, you're, you're never digging through the cupboard and saying, oh God, I'm out of that ingredient to make that thing. Um, the other thing that from a food point of view, um, I don't know if you have, I, I don't know if this exists everywhere, but Amazon has the treasure truck mm. and, and I'm blown mm-hmm. away at how much food they put out through the treasure truck. And I've, I, you know, if you're an Amazon prime person, go sign up for treasure truck. They'll hit you with tweets and they will have um, two or three times this year. I've done the treasure truck thing because they've had fresh caught salmon and it was wonderful salmon at a decent price. And they've had different meat kind of products. And I think they, they tend to use the treasure truck to go through some of these um, more perishable types of things. They can get it quickly to the consumer and get it yeah. out the door. Yeah. Um, but I, I was, little blown away that uh, with the treasure truck and how much food went through there. Mm-hmm. We we had tacos tonight, uh, like um, kind of shredded beef tacos that, and I never would have thought of this cucumbers mm. and radishes instead mm-hmm. of lettuce, right? Yep. And so kind of that crunchy, and it's in in you know the 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 um, sour cream she made had salt pepper and little little pepper flakes, little the red the hot red oh, peppers. Beautiful, beautiful. She put those in there. I was like Kevin, like this is my nineteen. 19- <laughs> <laughs> and she, tonight, tonight's meal was from scratch. Like we, it, it was actually leftovers, but a scratch meal she had made from HelloFresh, a HelloFresh recipe. Nice. And so I felt bad. Um, she had a long summer break and, and she was supposed to take a class and kind of missed it. And so she did a bunch of arts and crafts stuff this, this summer and she learned to cook really, nice. really well. And that's a skill 
I, not a lot of millennials are getting that skill mm. and this, the, you know, it's a summer, but she's and you know, she cooked, she did burgers on the, on, not on the grill, but in a, in a cast iron mm -hmm. um, skillet that were, that rivaled anything I'd done on the grill. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So anyways, super good. If you're interested in doing that, send me an email, Jim at the average guy TV. A uh, couple of just quick reminders. If you want to financially support the show, I mentioned Patreon earlier, uh, the average guy TV slash support or patreon.com slash the average guy. I think gets you there. There's a Patreon link on the page. If you want to head out and get that done, we appreciate your sponsorship. There's a bunch of you that do that. And so thank you for, if you're a Patreon subscriber, thanks for doing that as well. Uh, I mentioned the email. You can contact me, Jim at the average guy TV. Uh, I always announce what's coming up on the show on Twitter. And so if you want to follow me there at Jay Collison gets that done. Facebook group again, facebook.com slash groups slash the average guy. It wouldn't be a show if we didn't mention Christians. So don't forget the average guy.tv platform, both web and media hosting powered by Maple Grove partners, get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting, great hosting uh, from Maple Grove partners. Plans start at 10 bucks and Christian does all kinds of great stuff for you. And so get out there. If you need hosting, it's a great small providers, a small business, the dude is amazing, maplegrovepartners.com. And then I also mentioned, don't forget our app available for you, Android, iPhone. We'll be switching over from LastPass to our Patreon subscribers, unless there's somebody out there who wants to sponsor the app. Put their business in front of, I don't know, we probably do 600 to 1,000 downloads every single episode of this. And if you want to get your business out in front of that, you can contact me and we can figure out uh, what the, the right way to get that done is. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at The Average Guy at TV Live. We'll do a little bit of post-show, a little crypto. Kevin, I'm going to ask you, because you said you told me you dabble a little bit in it, so we'll talk a little bit about your dabblings in crypto. And with that, we'll say goodnight, everybody.